we're doing and we're aiming for that. So we'll keep you posted. You can help us out by praying for discernment and wisdom and favor in this whole situation that God would um, truly accomplish what his will and heart is for this building. We as, uh, as a pastor and, and leadership team, we do our best to get the heart of God through prayer and listening and that, and, but we're human and we miss it. I miss it a lot. So um, we're trying to do that. So pray for us. Let's pray together because whether we're in this building or another building or out in the park or at someone's house in the backyard, we are the church. Yeah. We the people are the church. Um, the building is just a place to meet and whether that you have that or not does, does not necessitate whether you're a church or not. Or the effectiveness or the power of God that can show up doesn't have to show up in a church building. In fact, Jesus told that a Samaritan woman, pretty soon you're not going to worship in the temple. You're going to worship right from here because I, by my spirit, God said, I'm going to put my spirit in you and you're going to become the temple of the living God. I mean, think about that, guys. You and me are the temple of the creator. Like, he's put part of himself in us. His spirit is in us. We are walking around holy ground temple of people that have the spirit of God in them. That's pretty impressive. So I, I, I'm excited for that. That thought makes me want to worship. Yeah. And, you know, uh, going back to our worship time, what a great time. Thank you, Chris and Allison and Mikey for leading us and and. If you obviously notice, we had some people share some scriptures that they had from what they read this week and kind of shared. Weren't those great? Didn't you, were you guys in like, I was, I didn't know what they were going to share. I knew they were going to share, but I didn't know what they, they were, no, the context or whatever it was. But um, I believe the Holy Spirit was in that because I found myself hearing some of those scriptures and then the illumination that was given. And I found myself going in awe of God, like you know, just in a worshipful attitude. And, and um, the Holy Spirit did exactly what he wanted to. And what, one of the things he wanted to do in all of us is to help us realize that church just isn't about coming and doing a certain order and structure. Church is about coming together and just letting God be God and worshiping no matter what the context is, whether it's a reading a scripture or a revelation someone gets or an insight or a prophetic word or praying for the sick or just lifting our hands to God or whatever it may be. Are you with me? So that is worship. We don't, we don't gather here to listen to a person preach. And if you're coming here to hear me preach, and that's your reason, you're doing a non-biblical concept. Right? If you're here because Chris is so great, and Mikey's great, and Allison's great, you know, and you love the way they do worship, you're here for the wrong reasons. In fact, if you leave because you don't like my preaching, you're leaving for the wrong reasons. And if Mikey's drumming bothers you and you leave for that, you're leaving unbiblically. God did not call you here, right, so you could come and shop out a church like a consumer, like we do everything else in life in this world. We, we go and if we like it, if it makes us happy, if it's convenient, if we have the time and we want the money and it has the value and the benefits in it, then we'll go and purchase something or be a part of something. That is not the way to approach church, ever. And so in your heart right now, you need to know that it, it, this church should be something that God has called you to be a part of. You don't go decide what church, oh, I, I think I'll join that church because they have great ministry to kids and, and they have a great worship team. So I'm going to go there because I like it. 
or it fits what I need right now. That's not how you should look for a church. You should ask the Holy Spirit in praying, oh God, where do you want me to fit in? Because regardless of how much I like it or not, you are called me to be a part of a body that's going to fit in intricately into the body to help that body function and do what you've called it to do, regardless of my personal happiness. Right? Too many Christians, a lot of Christians today, are choosing their church and their, uh, their, their ability to be a part of that church and their, the, the level at which they're uh, involved in the church based on their personal happiness and feelings of, is this ministering to me? Am I getting fed? Is it meeting my needs? Am I happy when I go there? Do I do this and that? They have this whole list in their heart about why this church is good for them. Are you with me? Is it making sense to you? So I just want you to understand that as we come to church, it can't be about the structured check-the-box mentality that the, the, the American church has, um, over time, bred into us that this is church. Because we haven't done a good job. We make church the building because we have to pay for the building. And we got to pay all the pastors and staff, too. And so over in America, that's made us focus so much on a building and a gathering of people because it has to be met. Like, we've got bills here. We've got to pay this and that. And if we don't meet that, we can't do that. So wait a minute. If you guys are all paying for the building and we as a church people are paying out of our tithe, we're paying for the building and the pastors. If Now if the leadership team knows that you're not happy with a certain ministry, now we got to cater to you and try and make you happy now. Or, and i got to preach messages that aren't too offensive i got to leave out some of the God's word because I don't want to talk about homosexuality today and offend you and you leave or sexual impurity or, or whatever it is and offend you and you leave because then we can't support what we've made. Because we've made it, church. I'm responsible, you're responsible, the church leaders and pastors are responsible for teaching and preaching a, a message that is not biblical in the way we view and look at church. And I want you to start thinking about that even in our last week of our fasting and praying, next week we'll do communion and break our fast together. And um, uh, this last week, I want you to pray and go, God, am I viewing church right? You're, am I viewing this, this place where we gather together? What am I missing here, God? Is there something I'm not seeing? God will start talking to you if you want to really know the truth. But be prepared to be challenged in and of yourself and be, be prepared to change. Because the way we've been doing things are not the way God wants them. And he's changing me. He's changing my perceptions. I'm changing. And I'm going to push change on us so that all of us are experiencing church the way God intended us to experience church. Does that sound good to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds good to me. I hope, hope you're there. Um, you guys enjoying the fast? Is God uh, speaking to you? Is he messing with you? Yeah? No? Two different things. <laughs> Is he? Yeah. Showing you scripture. Good. Yeah. Anyone else? What's God speaking to you? Is he challenging you? Anyone getting wrecked by God? T, you're getting wrecked. Oh, you didn't. Oh yeah. Hi, T. My name's Doug. What's <laughs> Hey, so that, I'm glad you said that because this is, this is very true. You can join right now. You don't have to be at the beginning. You can join right now, jump on board, um, start asking God what he wants you to fast. Fast this last week with us. Um, give up something so that you can spend more time with God. 
If you're not spending time with God, you're too busy. If you're too busy, uh, you're in idolatry. Amen? Amen? Because if he's not your priority, he's not your Lord. I've said it a million times. God doesn't tolerate second. Ever. You can't put God second. He's got to be your main priority. And if he's not your main priority, it's great. Yesterday's gone. Today's a new day. Tomorrow hasn't happened yet. You can decide today whom you're going to serve. Are you going to serve self? Are you going to serve works? Are you going to serve people? Are you going to serve God? Make him priority. And then out of that relationship, you can do everything else. Because if you're not getting your source of strength and power out of a daily relationship with Jesus Christ, you will burn out, you will mess up, you will get sick emotionally, spiritually, physically, you will not function correctly when you're out of an alignment. Amen? My wife's back's been hurting her. She's been going to the chiropractor. Craig's back's hurting him. When your back is out of alignment, it causes pain. It does not allow your body to function correctly. And if, you're, if the Lord isn't Lord... You know, we, we sang that last song, um, I give you everything, you're my one desire. And as I'm singing that, I'm thinking, A, Doug, do you really believe that? Are you, and, and then B, for me, are you really, is that, if, if people looked at your life, would, would that be true? Or would you be speaking words that are lying out of your mouth? Lord, you're my one desire. Look at me in church, I'm raising my hands and saying, Lord, you're my one desire. But then during the week, does my life prove my words? Is he my one desire? If he is, then shouldn't your life reflect that, right? I mean, it should, right? I mean, you know, if we're going to say something and believe it and it's God's word, it should reflect in our life. Just like Jesus said, if you love me, then you'll obey me. So if you're walking in disobedience and you're not obeying Christ, where's your love that, to God? I mean, if, if Jesus said, if you love me, you obey me. Those are his words, not mine. And we continue to walk in habitual un, uh, disobedience, then can we truly say we love him? Right? I mean, that's what the Gospel of John says. If we truly love him, we're going to have fruit and show that. That was kind of a side thing. Sorry. Are you with me on that, though? I really want us to get a hold of that, the concept. You know, I, um, I'm going to go off the notes a little bit, but. Um, a reading that stood out to me this week I want to share with you because I want you guys to know that it's not about, it's churches about coming and sharing with each other what God's doing in our life. Part of that is, I hope you were encouraged today. We're, is anyone encouraged already from today's time together? Yeah, so, you're, so there's some of us are, that's good. I hope that you will continue to be, or if you're not encouraged already from what happened, um, Next week, don't wait to be open to the Holy Spirit to encourage you until you hear the preaching. Because next week, I might not preach. We may mix it up. I don't know. I mean, it's not about me. It's about us coming together as one, listening and being ready for the Holy Spirit to do his ministry. It's the Spirit that does ministry to each of us. It's not me that does ministry. I'll mess things up, and I'll disappoint you, and I'm going to fail at one point. So don't put me in any place that to feed you. That's not the point. Holy Spirit feeds you. Holy Spirit takes the words as jumbled up as they get sometimes, and whatever 
junky they are, he takes the words that I speak and puts them and gets them in your heart and then he deals with you in your way, in your setting, in your timing, in your level, where you're at, and he helps you. He's the Holy Spirit. He's the comforter. He's the one we run to. He's the one that we need to go to when we're stressed out, worried, afraid, and fearful. We can't run to food. We can't run to the movies. We can't run to spending money. We can't run to fear. We can't run to all these things instead of Holy Ghost. That's why Holy Spirit says he's your comforter. Spirit of God is what comforts you, okay? Not smoking, right? Not doing all the myriad of things. Everyone has their vice that they run to instead of Holy Spirit because they don't trust Holy Spirit to believe that he can really help them in that case. So a cigarette will do a much better job at relieving my stress than going to the Holy Spirit and communing with him and being instructed and obeying Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit isn't second in command. Holy Spirit is God, the Spirit. And so we need to obey that and run to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I'm stressed out, worried, afraid, tired, whatever, and go, Holy Spirit, what do you say? You bring correction to me, and that's comfort. Because a cigarette is just going to mask the problem, and then you're going to have to keep repeating that step. So you're being dysfunctional spiritually by going to the cigarette instead of the Holy Spirit, and at the same time, you're destroying your physical body so you're, you're bringing death on yourself by going to a false comforter. And you think that's just true in smoking. Oh, it's true in all of them. Whatever vice, whatever thing you secretly go to and no one else knows about, that's going to destroy your life. Think about that. So in uh, Genesis, what, is anyone enjoying Genesis? I mean, hopefully, if you're not reading with us, start reading with us. Okay, I'm just, just jump on board. Don't try and be, you know, your maverick, and I'm going to do it my way, and I don't care. No, read with us. You can read whatever else you want, but I want you to read with us. It's important to do that. Um, I'm telling you that as your, as your pastor because I love you, um, and if you're smart, you'll make my job easy because <laughs> God will hold you accountable if you make my job harder than it should be. Okay, just checking. So in Genesis, are you enjoying the story? Aren't the stories fabulous? I, you know, Dale, when you shared, it's like, man, it's so true. God just does all these crazy miracles. And, you know, we just got done reading the story of Joseph. And, I mean, what an amazing, I mean, we could preach on Joseph for weeks and talk about it in small groups and, and at coffee shops because what an amazing man. I mean, what an amazing story where, where he gets there and he, and he, you know, the whole story with his brother just kills me. He's making them suffer, which is kind of fun, you know, like thinking like, oh, man, I'm going to make these guys sweat big time, you know. They think they're out. I mean, the oldest brother was ready to die. He's like, I'm going to, no, just give Benjamin back. Give my brother back, and I'll take me. I'll be in servitude to you forever, right? And he plays with them, but then he says to his brothers, when I loved it, he said, you guys didn't send me here. God did. What? You tried to kill him, throw him in a pit, sell him into slavery, he gets there, he gets accused of, of adultery, gets thrown in prison, helps people in prison, and they forget him for another two years. I mean, and then he sees God's plan in the midst of all this and says to his brothers, who totally rejected and hated his guts, and says, it wasn't you, it was God who sent me here. It's like, what? Oh my gosh, wow. And he ends up saving, actually, he ends up saving the lineage of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, the lineage came through the tribe of 
Judah, right? And Judah was saved because of what Joseph went through and experienced and became the second most powerful uh, man in all of Egypt. Wow, what a story. So very encouraging, right? And so we have Jacob, the dad, right, who got his name changed to Israel. And so Jacob thinks he lost one of his favorite sons. Joseph thought he was dead, gets him back, and he's thrilled. And they all move there, and the whole family gets saved. And I want you to pick it up in Genesis 48. So almost the end there, Genesis 48, verse 8. And I just want to leave you today with an encouragement for your hearts. I want you to, because some of you I know are, it happens every year when you start doing these New Year's resolutions, you start changing and, or you face some things like uh, me and my wife have, uh, you know, we, we have Fitbit, you know, Fitbit stuff and scales and we've been, we've faced the fact that we need to do something about our, our weight and our health. And so, um, we're, we've done what we need to do, and, and so it's hard. It's hard to eat correctly. It's hard to discipline yourself to eat healthy and right and to say no. Me and Brad are learning this, right, Brad? Um, me and Brad are learning that it's hard to estimate the calories that you eat. I found out that I am horrible at thinking I'm estimating. I'm thinking I'm eating, you know, 200 and I'm eating 600. Like, oh, wow, no wonder I'm overweight. I'm eating way more than I thought I was eating. So it happens that we get discouraged when we, we start something new and now we're 20 days into the new year and uh, now it's starting to begin where we start breaking those off and giving up a day and eating this or whatever you're trying to do in this new year. However you're trying to change, you know, it's the, ch the, the challenges are coming. And they're just starting, right? It's not going to get easier. It's going to get more difficult, especially when we start getting into Leviticus and Deuteronomy. And you want to go, oh, I don't want to read this. I don't, you know, this can't be important. But you do it anyway, and you let God's spirit move on you, and you see stuff you never saw. And then the cool thing about the Bible is every time you read it again and again, you get, you get more and more out of it because it just builds upon, builds upon each precept, and precept builds upon it, every concept. So here we are in Genesis, and we're at the part of the story where they've moved back in, they're settled in the land of Goshen, a very a rich pasture land, um, and they're all happy, they're growing like crazy, we're having kids and grandkids, and uh, Jacob is uh, really old, he's lived longer than they're supposed to, they used to live a long time in early Genesis, right? Can you imagine being 850 years old? I mean, really, 200, and you're just like, I'm not even halfway there, you know? Like 200 and you're still having kids and crazy, huh? I just, miracle, that's a miracle in itself. But Jacob's really old. He's about to go home and be with, his, uh, with God in heaven and, and with his forefathers. And he, um, you know, in, in that, those days, they, uh, blessings were a big deal, right? When the, when the father gave blessings, they always gave the blessing, the strong blessing to the, to the oldest, to the firstborn son, and that was a, obviously a picture of, of Jesus because Jesus would be the firstborn, right, of Mary and Joseph, firstborn from the dead, a lot of analogy there. But this picture throughout all Israel's history was about blessing from generation to generation and that you would always bless your sons and that that would actually carry down um, either positively or negatively impact you and your kids um, for generations. So we pick up the story when Joseph's two... Um, Two kids, Ephraim and Manasseh, uh, are um, going to get blessed by Jacob. And so Jacob's about to go, and, and, and his life's about over. He's old. He can't see very well. You know, you've had those friends that are older, you know, that just 
you know, like Craig, you know, you're a little older, you miss a few things here and there. Not that old, but, you know, so you, they can miss it. And so Joseph knew that his dad was really old, and he may forget, you know, which kid's which, and it, like, like Jacob did to his dad. Remember what he did, he, him and Esau? Oh, yeah, put hair on his arms and faked his dad out for the blessing. Interesting. So Jacob here in his old age has uh, uh, Joseph there in blessing. And let's read there, and, and then I want to encourage you, then we'll go. Genesis 48 says this, verse 8. Verse 8 says, when Israel saw Joseph's son, he said, who are these? Joseph said to his father, these are my sons whom God has given me here. And he said, bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age so that he could not see. So Joseph brought them near to him and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel, Jacob, said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face and behold, God has let me see your offspring also. Then Joseph removed them from his knees and he bowed himself with his face to the earth, and Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand, towards Israel's left hand, and Manasseh um, in his left hand towards Israel's right hand, and brought them near him. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim. So he crossed his hands. Hmm who was the younger. So Ephraim was the younger, and Jacob, the blesser, the father, put his right hand on the younger son, who should not be receiving the right hand blessing. The right hand was the power of strength and double portion, and you were gonna, this is the strong blessing. Uh, who was the younger, and his left hand he put on Manasseh, who was the oldest, Crossing his hands, for Manasseh was fir the firstborn, and, and blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life uh, long to this day, the angel who uh, redeemed me from all evil, bless these boys, and in them let my name be carried on. In the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth." And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. And he took his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, not this way, my father, since this one is firstborn, put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also shall become a people, and he also shall become great. Nevertheless, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his offspring shall become a multitude of nations. Interesting, huh? Why he crossed his arms. And I want to, let's look at their names real quick just to see what their names mean. And this might give us a clue into what Jacob was doing and what really God was trying to say and do here. Uh, Manasseh, who was the oldest, his name means causing to forget. So causing to forget, speaking and, and symbolizing more of the past. And if you think about Joseph, wow, what did he, all he went through, forgetting the past. That's one of the reasons he named him that when he had him was that, man, the Lord's really blessed me and taken me out of the past. But look at um, um, uh, uh, Ephraim. Ephraim means this, means double fruit. 
So double portion. So Ephraim's the younger, but his name means double fruit. Uh, double, double fruit, multiplied fruit. Um, so we have the, the younger one, um, Manasseh, forgetting the past. The younger, Ephraim, double fruit. And so God has Jacob take his right hand, cross it over to Ephraim, who's the younger, but his is double fruit. And so God says, I'm going to strongly bless your future and what's before you in front of you. I'm not going to put my double blessing, I'm not going to put my strong blessing on the past because I, I want you to forget the past. I want you to move forward. I want you to leave the past behind, like Paul said, and press forward. I want you to learn from that, but I don't want you to dwell in there and always think about what happened to me in the past days. I want you to go forward. And he put the strong blessing on Ephraim and said, no, I'm going to bless your fruit. In fact, your fruitfulness is going to be doubled impact um, of what it has been in the past. And I, I, want, us, I want you guys to hear this today. God uh, is saying to you guys, he wants what's in your future. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow and the rest of this day is your double blessing, is your double fruit. When you leave this building, God wants his strong blessing. They both got blessed. They were both, they were both blessed by God. But God wanted to emphasize that it's your future that he wants you to focus on. It's the future that, where he's going to bring an increase, an increase to your life. It, the Bible says what, what, whoever's been given will more be given. Whoever doesn't have any, that'll be taken away. That's talking about as you pursue God and grow in the knowledge of him and you're passionate for him and you're seeking his heart and you're showing growth in that, God's going to bless even the, the lot you have. But if you just forsake him and do whatever you want and live for yourself, that's going to be taken from you. Are you with me? So you're, the double blessing is going on your tomorrow and, the, and from here forward. The double blessing is not on your past. Okay, are you with me? Because God wants you to know that you need to forget the past and move forward. You can't be in condemnation from your past, and you can't be in worry for things that haven't happened yet. You've got to be focused on what's in front of me. What's in my day today? God wants to bless my today. If I seek him today, then that produces double fruit and blessing on my next day. But you can't walk in that devil blessing until you choose to surrender to God today and say, God, I, I'm going to focus on today. And I know a lot of us in the new year focus on things that we want to change in our life. And we're not happy. We're not, uh, we're not um, content with where we are in life. And some of that's okay. You've got to be content, but God doesn't want you to settle for where you are. He wants you to be content in, in your life wherever you're at. No matter what stage of the game, stage of the journey you're at, he wants you to be content, but he doesn't want you to settle for that. He wants you to push forward and get more and more of him in your life. And so us as, 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 uh, as Christ followers need to make sure that we're focused on the front and not letting the yesterday inhibit our today. Because a lot of us allow our past to keep us from all that God wants us to do today. And there's people in this room right now that are allowing the past of their life, their mistakes, their failures, uh, their shortcomings that have happened in the past, you're continuing to allow that to hinder your growth with God today. And God says, stop it. Get your mind off the past. He says, I've buried it in the seas. Why are you thinking about it? 
I've removed your transgressions from you as far as the east is from the west. Why are you still thinking and meditating on your mistakes and the things that you did in the past when I want you uh, focusing on the new things? Behold, you're a new creature in Christ. He's making new things in you. He's developing. He's changing you and transforming you into a new creature. And you need to start focusing on who you're going to become and not who you were. Right? And so that double portion that Jacob did was like, no, I'm blessing the future. And I'm, I'm still blessing your past because we learn a lot from that. But the double fruit's going to be on your future. And God says to you, he wants double fruit in your future. But you've got to go pick it. You've got to make the decision that I'm going to reach out towards the future, towards my tomorrow, towards the rest of this day, and go, God, what's going to make you pleased today? In fact, when you get up in the morning, it would be a great thing to say, God, what would please you most today? And see what he says. And give him a few minutes and just listen in your spirit. Because your day should be about what's pleasing to him, not about what makes you happy. You could even ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what would be the smartest thing for me to do with the first 30 minutes of my day? I'm setting you up, of course. But the Holy Spirit's going to say, be at peace, rest in me, spend time with me, let's talk this day out. Get with me, be transformed. Are you with me? So the, the fruit, we've got to reach out. If we want double fruit, we've got to reach out in faith and get our eyes focused on tomorrow and, and the rest of this day. Okay, God, where are you taking me? Where am I to be going? Um, the old things are passed away. I've learned from them, but I'm going to make positive changes today to get to my tomorrow, right? You've got to make positive changes today. You've got to make a sacrifice today to get to your tomorrow. Fruit doesn't come without labor. Double fruit means you're going to have to sacrifice more. You're going to have to give up your own desires and say, God, no, I want you. I'm going to make sacrifices today to experience your blessings in tomorrow because it just doesn't happen. Oh, God, I'm ready. Double fruit. I'm just going to be here. No, you've got to sacrifice. You've got to plant seed, right? You've got to water. You've got to do all that to, to get fruit. Does that sound good? Yeah? So I want to encourage you with that. That's what I read this uh, in the last week and really stood out to me. Um, and, and I want you to know that um, when you read your journals this week and as you soap through the scriptures, I really hope you're taking the concept of, of soap and applying that to your life. Because if you do, you will, it will train you to hear God's voice more clearly and you'll begin to start applying and, and seeing the word and it'll start being applicable in your life and you'll start seeing the power of God transform you. But it starts in that simplicity of reading the word and meditating on it. And asking God, what are you trying to say to me? And then, God, what should I do with this word that I got from you today? Amen? So take that promise and go get double fruit. Forget the past and move forward. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father God, we love you this morning. We thank you for your grace and your mercies. We thank you for the power of your word, God. Your word is so true, so very powerful. And we thank you, God, for the the the. the the majesty of it, God, the greatness of it, Father. And Lord, we ask right now that those of us in the room that have struggled with our past and really struggled with forgiving ourselves and leaving it under at the cross, God. Lord, I just pray for everyone with every head bowed and eye closed as we uh, close in prayer, God. I just want everyone in this room just to ask the Holy Spirit right now in your heart, Holy Spirit, have I released my past to you? 
Just ask him that right. God, have I given you my past or am I trying to still hold on to it and, and pay the price? Because if you're still making yourself pay the price for your past, you're not allowing Jesus to do what he did, which is he already paid it for you. So the Lord says to you, stop paying what I've already paid. Stop trying to fix what I've already forgiven and fixed myself. So if that's you this morning and you have little things in your past that you just can't give up, I want you to offer that to God this morning at the altar. Just make an altar with your hands. You can put your hands right out in front of you. And I just want you to picture that thought or that event or whatever in your past is holding you back. And I just want you to say, God, it's yours again. I'm sorry for, for um, holding on to it. I'm sorry for still being um, condemned on this when I know you've set me free, Lord. I, I put this at the foot of the cross and I thank you for paying, Lord, all the penalties for that act or whatever I did in the past. I just give it to you, God. I just give it to you. Just tell him right now, Father, I give that to you. Just tell him in your heart right now, in your mind, just, and you can just softly speak it out, Lord, I give you that past event Lord, I give you that past um, experience that happened that was so negative and hurtful to me. I just trust you with it, Lord, and I know that you've provided the way out. You've provided, Lord, to forgive me from everything, Lord. So I leave it there, and Lord, and just declare to him right now in Jesus' name, just say, Jesus, I declare that I'm going to leave this here at the cross. I don't want it anymore. I leave it in your hands. And then just kind of give that to him with your hands. Just say, here, Lord, take. It's yours. We give it to you as a sacrifice. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that you are the, the, the God who covers our sins, who makes it possible for us to live in complete freedom and in complete right standing with you no matter what we did in the past, no matter how many mistakes we made, no matter how many things we, how many times we messed up, no matter how many thoughts we allowed to get in our mind and stay there, Lord, no matter how many things we did that we know were against your heart, Lord, you are big enough and strong enough and powerful enough that you covered them all, once and for all, Lord, all of it. So, Lord, we leave that in your hands, and we thank you and praise you for being a God who forgives, a God who shed his own son's blood so that we could have a life of, of fullness and be transformed into your likeness. Oh, we pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Um, Say hi to someone, give someone a big hug before you leave, and invite someone next.